0: Please be advised that this episode contains mention of violence, sexual violence, and death of children.
1: We could see clearly that they were around 100 people. I could not believe how many people were barely hanging on that boat. And it was tilting in one side. I heard the whole team You know, just like, oh my God, oh my God.
0: On December the 11th, 2010, a young Tunisian man set himself on fire in protest against police corruption. What followed would later be dubbed the Arab Spring a wave of protests and uprisings that erupted throughout North Africa and the Middle East. Angry and frustrated citizens, oppressed for years under authoritarian regimes, rose up to demand political reforms. And in many cases, the complete overthrow of their respective political systems.
1: Our country is on its knees. There's corruption everywhere, extortion by police and government. is suffocating
0: the pushback from leading powers was often brutal. And where authorities collapsed completely, power vacuums led to civil wars. Almost overnight, millions of people became refugees in their own countries, forced to flee their homes to escape persecution and war. Entire families risked their lives crossing the Mediterranean and Aegean seas just to get to safety. Many did not make it. Watching the horror of it all unfold from the relative safety of her home in Costa Rica was Nejma Banks. As an experienced interpreter who worked for years with various human rights organizations, Nejma had seen nothing like it before, and she was determined to help. I'm Donnie Dust, United States Marine Corps veteran and world-renowned survival expert. This is Rescue. Today's episode, we see you. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Factor's the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com rescue50 and use code RESCUE50 to get 50% off. That's code RESCUE50 at factormeals.com slash RESCUE50 to get 50% off.
1: Uh, I was born in Algeria, North Africa.
0: This is Nejma Banks.
1: I traveled from an early age all over the world. My parents were travelers. So I have that bug. I love moving around and learning new languages and cultures. In
0: 2015, she is living in Costa Rica. She spends her time raising her four kids, surfing, and working as a translator for human rights organizations.
1: I came to the United States when I was 22. I've always been interested in the plight of migrants and refugees, asylum seekers, why people move, why are there wars and genocide? So I went into uh, cultural anthropology in the hopes that I could um, find the answers to my questions. But I had more questions.
0: One night, Neshma is watching the news when a harrowing report comes on. A boatload of refugees had drowned in the Mediterranean. Overseas, about 100 migrants are missing in the Mediterranean off Libya.
1: It was overwhelming. I could not believe what I was seeing. Those pictures of the boats crossing the sea and the staggering amount of deaths were hard to watch.
0: Before becoming pregnant with her fourth child, Nezma had been studying for a master's in law. But due to the pressures of child care, had been forced to give it up. After seeing the disturbing images of people drowning in the Mediterranean, she's determined to give it another shot.
1: I wanted to be part of the solution, no matter how infinite it might be, to not just watch, but act.
0: As an exhausted mother of four young children, it isn't easy finding the time to study. But bit by bit, in between breastfeeding and changing diapers, Nejma finally completes her degree. She's ready to start making a change. And soon, she spots the perfect opportunity. It's an advert for a job.
1: I saw Culture Mediator Search and Rescue, MSF, and I'm like, this is me. This is exactly what I need to do.
0: MSF or Médecine Sans Frontier, translates as Doctors Without Borders. It's a humanitarian NGO who go wherever they are needed. War zones, natural disasters, epidemics, to offer indiscriminate aid to people in distress. Since 2015, MSF has been active in the Mediterranean Sea, providing search and rescue support for refugees who get into trouble on the water.
1: I contacted them, and surely enough, uh, a week after uh, we were in touch, in less than a month, I was on the GeoBarents.
0: The GeoBarents—that's the name of the ship currently used by MSF for rescuing refugees in the Mediterranean.
1: The GeoBarents, I think, is seventy-seven meter long. It's pretty big and beautiful.
0: It's white and blue, an old seismic research ship that was adapted for search and rescue.
1: There's a big men deck called the shelter deck. That's where the men are sheltered. Then you have the streamer deck. That's the women and children. And it's a much smaller deck. It's above the shelter deck. And where we are at the search and rescue team, it's called the coffee
0: station. Sharing the boat are around 20 crew members and 20 or so MSF team members, occupying all manner of roles from doctors, midwives, psychologists, to search and rescue technicians. It's one big eclectic family.
1: On the GeoBarents, it's a microcosm of solidarity. We have all these different languages and cultures. You know, we support each other. We keep on doing what we're doing and, you know, it's inspiring
0: the days on board the geo Barons can be long and punctuated by high drama and emotion but one rescue in particular will always stand out to nejma it's november 2021 a bright sunny afternoon nejma and her team are once again on the lookout for boats in distress
1: We start the search watching on the bridge with binoculars and with all the tech tools that we have on board. And we also have the help of Pilote Volontaire, which is an NGO that has airplanes. They will let us know if they see something as well.
0: From the moment the team head back out to sea, every minute that goes by, they are primed for action.
1: If you don't really sleep, you can be called for rescue at any hour of the day or night. You're on edge. You're always looking or hearing the slightest noise on our walkie talk.
0: As they push on south, through international waters towards Africa, the tension heightens. Then, about 30 nautical miles off the coast of Libya, It happens.
1: I heard MSF team, MSF
0: team,
1: MSF team ready for rescue.
0: This is the emergency call to alert all MSF personnel that a boat of refugees in distress has been spotted. As a cultural mediator, it is Nejma's job to be the first point of contact between MSF and the refugees.
1: We go to uh, an area on the Geo Barons where all our gears are. The helmets, the life jackets, our pants, boots, and gloves and all that. We take deep breaths. We look at each other. We uh, do silly dances just to take the edge off. We hug each other. Some of our teammates bring us some snacks, drinks, whatever to give us a bit of energy. Your heart does not stop beating. You can hear it, it's, you try to control it, but we don't know what we're going to find.
0: The team make their way to the mid-deck where the rib is kept. Short for rigid inflatable boat, this is the high-speed vessel that the crew use to carry out rescues. Once assembled beside the rib, the crew is quickly briefed. Then, Nejma sees it.
1: I could not believe what I was looking at. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it.
0: A small wooden boat, dangerously overloaded with a hundred or so passengers, has been spotted a few nautical miles away.
1: We could see clearly that it, they were around a hundred people. I could not believe how many people were barely hanging on that boat. It was tilting in one side. And I heard the whole team, you know, just like, oh my God, oh my God. I remember a few of us don't capsize. You didn't even want to say the word for fear that it might happen, capsize.
0: The boat rocks wildly back and forth as the MSF draw ever closer. Fast approaching too is the Libyan Coast Guard, but this is not good news. In 2017, the Italian and Libyan governments signed an agreement in an effort to prevent refugees from successfully reaching Europe. Since then, in return for funding from the Italian government, the Libyan Coast Guard takes an active and often violent role in trying to stop their refugees and return them to Libya. Amnesty International, among other aid agencies, have repeatedly stated that refugees returned to Libya are frequently placed in detention camps where they suffer abuse, torture, and even death.
1: Often we have seen they would make the waves around the boats so that people will fall in the water. Sometimes shooting and throwing things at them, it's a horrible to watch. Other NGOs have had the unfortunate experience to be shot at in the air. There's a clear palpable threat there. It's not a game.
0: With the Libyan Coast Guard closing in, they have to act fast. Nejma and her team are given the green light to begin the rescue they jump into the high-speed rib.
1: We have to go fast because, you know, we see that there are Libyan assets coming very fast.
0: It's worth taking a moment here to take stock on just how brave this rescue team have to be to put themselves in between the boat of refugees and the Libyan Coast Guard. Unlike the Coast Guard, the MSF isn't armed. They have no fighting capabilities at all. They go into this situation knowing full well the potential dangers involved. The rib powers through the waves toward the stricken boat. As Nejma holds on tight, she prepares herself for what is about to come.
1: Just take deep breath. I close my eyes for a few seconds. It feels like forever. Just trying to reconnect with the position that I'm in. Be fully present and not let my mind wander too far. I look at all my teammates. We look at each other and say, you know, I got your back. And then we arrive.
0: In truth, it's impossible to ever be truly prepared for it.
1: It was a beautiful sunny day. So the juxtaposition of all of what you were seeing did not make sense. You have the beauty of the sea and the sun and the good weather, you know, where maybe a few nautical miles people are sunbathing, you know, in the beaches. And you have this contrast of this boat tilting on one side with hundreds of heads, small, big, dark, light, like a Goya painting. This boat with the people who fled wars hunger, rape, and trafficking.
0: Though the boat has come from Libya, its passengers are a complex mix of refugees.
1: We had Syrians on that boat, a lot of Middle Eastern, Sub-Saharan Africans, from English-speaking countries to French-speaking countries, Eritreans, Ethiopians, just name it. It was there. How many women, I don't remember. How many children, I don't remember. I know that there were women, children, and men, and elderly, and young. I approached and I saw that, okay, it's French, Arabic, and English.
0: As the rib gets closer, with the Libyan coast guard still approaching, the passengers on the boat panic. Some start to clamber over the sides, desperate to reach the safety of the MSF vessel, terrified at what will happen if they don't. Their vessel is teetering on the brink. No one is wearing a life jacket, and many can't even swim. The people
1: who are in the distress boat are extremely, extremely scared. When you're scared, you tend to do things that are not often safe for you. The Libyan assets were nearby, so it was very, very intimidating for them. We are afraid that they might jump in the water, trying to reach us. The boat was tilting on one side. And we're like, do not capsize. Please, please do not
0: capsize. the situation is threatening to get out of control. But this is exactly why Nejma is here.
1: I quickly introduce ourselves. We are Médecins Sans Frontières, an NGO, humanitarian or a medical organization. Uh, we're here to help you. I remember telling the people in distress to look at me, look at us, not the Libyan Coast Guards. Please listen to us. let us, let's work as a team.
0: But the Libyan Coast Guard gets too close, and the panic spreads throughout the boat.
1: You could sense the fear, and once panic hits, if there's no ground control, the boat could capsize. And uh, sure enough, the boat didn't capsize, but a lot of people fell in the water.
0: The MSF team rushed to help them.
1: We trained for it, but it's not the same thing as when you're in it. All of the sudden, this power, human power to help someone just clicks and you feel that there's no other choice but help that person. I'm looking at this young man from Syria and I tell him in Arabic, I got you, I see you. He looks at me with no fear because he knows we're there. And one by one, we lift them up into our rib.
0: Once the people in the water have been rescued, there's still plenty of people who need rescuing from the boat. The team quickly distribute life jackets to the remaining passengers on board. I count
1: how many children and women they are, how many children life jackets I have to get. It is always hard, those tiny life jackets, you know? to distribute them is just not something you get used to. And I lock eyes, me personally, with the children or the mothers and telling them it's okay. You know, we got you.
0: The shock of coming face to face with so many desperate people in distress in such perilous circumstances never gets any easier.
1: I'm not only a mom of four children, but I'm also a woman, a human, you know. Uh, Of course, when I see a child, I think of my child. When I see a woman, I think of my friends, I think of what if it was me there on the boat. When I see a young man or old man, I see my brothers or my grandfather.
0: With the life jackets dispensed, the refugees are quickly helped onto the rib, 40 at a time, they are ferried to the Geo Barrens. With almost everyone rescued from the boat, there is only one passenger left to help onto the rib. But the man seems unwilling to leave the vessel.
1: The boat leader called me to come to the front and said, Neshma, you need to help me get him into our rib. And he was yelling, screaming.
0: The team can't understand why he won't leave the boat. But as Nejma approaches the bow, it all becomes horrifically clear.
1: At that moment, as I was approaching the bow, everything went silent in my head. The waves were going slower. The words were going slower. I don't know what was happening, but it was just me and this man who was crying. And as I was standing at the bow, I could see the bodies.
0: Just visible inside the hold of the boat are 10 bodies, all dead. Some of the man's family are among them. Because the boat was so overcrowded, they had been forced to squeeze into the hole close to the engine The fumes from the fuel had killed them.
1: At that moment, I looked at him. I knew he was francophone, or he would speak French. And I extended my hand, and it was just like him and I at that moment. And I told him, brother, let me help you. Please come to me. Let me help you. We will take care of them. And then he crawled to me. He could not stand. He couldn't walk. He just was walking on his hands and knees, screaming, completely defeated, and fell on my arms at the bow. There were a few of the migrants all still on our rib, as we were calling him. Um, we took them to the Gio Barons.
0: With the surviving passengers safely aboard the geo barons, members of the search and rescue team return to collect the bodies from the boat. Nesma's job then is to assess each of the refugees.
1: I go meet every rescued person, see what they need. I go to the women's deck, children's deck to give a little bit of food to these children who don't understand what is happening. You know, they're in the midst of it all to try to find the right size clothing, help the midwife get the right size hat or socks to keep them warm. You know, basic needs that the people are in desperate need of. You know, just simply to take a shower. They barely had any food. Scabbies had formed all over them.
0: One by one, Nejma and her colleagues do what they can to help their new passengers. Then, it's time to collect the bodies of those who had died.
1: When I had a moment, I will see how I could help also the medical team in prepping for the bodies to come onto the Geo Two of our team members went inside the hole to retrieve the bodies one by one, and the smell was overwhelming. I can only imagine how the bodies were inside that hole. We finally got the 10 bodies on one of the ribs, and then the ribs was lifted out of the water in order to bring the bodies um, out of sight from the survivors. We laid them down, one on the platform, and it made them presentable for the family members to
0: identify them.
1: The youngest deceased
0: was 16. With the living and dead now on board, it is Nejma's job as the cultural mediator to explain to the families of the deceased what will happen next. But even she is not entirely sure. This is the first time an MSF team on board the Geo Barons have rescued dead refugees from a boat. But not on everything. I I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back.
1: Listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. What if you could become stronger, more resilient, cure disease, and all you have to do is get naked in the cold? And
0: breathe. You get into ice water, and instead of, like, freaking out, you relax.
1: It's called the Wim Hof Method, and Gwyneth Paltrow and Justin Bieber love it. I do the ice plunge because it's good for your body. But there's also a dark side. How many people have died doing the Wim Hof Method? We can override even death! Listen on the podcast Infamous. That's Infamous, playing now. We were uh, doing the best we could with what knowledge we had. I just knew that we all needed to bring back respect and dignity to the deceased and have the family as involved as possible in everything. I demanded that the woman and the men, the family members, could meet in one room so they can pray. They invited me to be part of the prayer. It was very, it was hard, it was touching. And few of the women did not realize what was happening. It was a day or two after and they start crying and it hit them.
0: All in all, 99 refugees are rescued from the water. After contacting Italian port authorities, the geo is granted permission to dock at Messina in Sicily. Before any survivors can disembark, MSF carefully take the people who weren't so lucky down onto the shore.
1: My team and I brought the 10 bodies down the stairs to the boat landing one by one with as much respect as we could. It was very um, overwhelming in a sense. We didn't know what was going to happen to the bodies. I didn't know what to say to the family members. I I just told them they'll be, you know, uh, respected and you will hopefully meet them because the people on the ground know that you're family members. That was about it.
0: One by one, the surviving refugees disembark the vessel. Their journeys are far from over, with the arduous task of claiming asylum ahead of them and, for some, grieving for their loved ones.
1: We try to guide them as much as we can with help on land to also empower them with the knowledge of uh, what they should expect once they arrive in Europe.
0: Nejma got to know many of them and heard their stories while on board. It is hard for her to say goodbye.
1: Um, it's difficult to let go of that connection once they hit the land.
0: Left traumatized by their first experience of having to retrieve dead bodies from a refugee boat, Nejma and her team decide to hold their own ceremony to honor who they were.
1: Once the bodies were gone, we had a little ceremony where we wanted to say the names out loud of the people to give them a sense of presence, that, okay, you've made it in Europe. Not in the way that we all were hoping for, but you're here. Our team, all MSF team, was standing in circles after all the bodies were gone. And we were each one saying a name, and I just could not. I was holding it pretty well. At that point, all of it, all the experience, until the name. Um, Saying the name out loud, I just couldn't. My voice started to shake. Then I looked at my colleagues and I saw those tears and I just let it out. I just couldn't say the name. It was just too real. And and that name was the 16 year old. So, yeah. You know, it's all, all their names. They had stories, they had hopes. But we were there for the 99, you know, still still surviving, it's bittersweet. It's really, it's very hard to make sense of all of this.
0: For many people engaged in search and rescue, once the drama of the event has subsided, it can be difficult to process everything they had been through. When another rescue cycle comes to an end, Nejma and her colleagues will also disembark the ship and take one or two days off before returning to the sea.
1: The tiredness completely hits you. Out of nowhere, everybody looks at each other like we need food, a shower, and go to sleep. Often we uh, we sleep for many, many hours. Usually a few of my colleagues spend time together, and I think it's the best way to deal with it, is to be with people who have shared the same emotions, experience. And often we don't need to talk. We just need to be there.
0: With everything Nejma has seen in her time working for MSF, rescuing refugees in the Mediterranean, it is impossible not to be changed by it. Returning home and getting back to some kind of normality can be especially hard.
1: It's a very strange place to find yourself in when you get off the mission. You're grateful for your situation in a way. You complain less. I complain certainly less.
0: When you take part in an operation like this, often the hardest part is when you do return home to what's deemed a normal life of a wife, kids, bills, mortgage, family. It's a hard transition to come back to. As supporting a supporting and loving family will help ease you back into it, but it's hard not to keep thinking that my worth is better served protecting people. It's a struggle we all have to deal with, knowing that you want to go and do your job, but also you need to be a mother, a father, a husband and wife.
1: My family is a surfing family. We love to surf. And when we lived in Hawaii or or in Costa Rica, that's how I looked at the sea. It was surfing. a leisuring place, you know, some place where you just go and relax. Since then, it has, it has changed for me. I go on the beach and just realize that I'm on the beach. And I know that I'm looking at the horizon and I wonder if there is a boat, you know, who needs help. It never leaves you.
0: Nejma set out determined to make a difference. Since 2021, She has participated in the rescue of thousands of refugees, each fleeing persecution and each with their own individual story to tell. Hers and MSF's mission remains as critical today as it was then.
1: Migration is a loss of stability for a lot of people. For many people, they lose their language, their culture, They lose their support group. They lose everything. It is not a choice that you make, you know, consciously. You're forced to do it. Women especially, they're targeted. They're sexually abused and trafficked. The children as well. It's horrific to see these families, just maybe like yours, like mine, You know, who never thought that they will be in this kind of situation, ending up not having any other choice. They're in debts. They're paying these smugglers any way they can to be put in these boats. Some of them believed that they were putting them in boats that were seaworthy. You know, it's going to be easy, just a few hours, you'll be in Europe. And all of a sudden, it's not the same thing.
0: MSF have since lost touch with the family of the 16-year-old boy who died in the crossing. Nejma understandably didn't feel it was her place to share his name. Instead, she wrote some kind words to remember him. He was the youngest, described by the people who knew him as someone full of dreams, helpful in his community, and very much aware of the ugliness of the world around him. His life started rough. His only weapon against the ugliness was to smile. So he made sure he smiled to those around him. He smiled to those who hurt him and he smiled at the sea before crossing it. He was just one of over 20,000 refugees who have died attempting to cross the Mediterranean Sea since 2015 in their desperate search for safety.
1: All the people that I've met that I helped rescue, they all express their hardship and their native languages and cultures differently. But the pain is transnational. You can feel it, you can see it in their eyes. They did not want to be there. They ended up there. Just remember, they're, they're you and me.
0: You've been listening to Rescue with Donnie Dust. Rescue is a Sony Music Entertainment production. Thanks to all the contributors for sharing their story with us. Rescue is produced by Richard McLean Smith. The executive producer is Louisa Field. The junior producer is Martha Miller. Scoring and sound design by Gulliver Tickle. Music composed by Eleni Hasabas. The production coordinator is Lily Hambly. The production manager is Kat Moran. Thanks to Georgia Mills for additional production support. Thanks to Jez Nelson, Chris Skinner, and Julia Stevenson. If you like this podcast, then do check out other Sony podcasts.